welcome to season three of You're Not Alone with Tanzan. My name is Tanzan, and if you've followed my journey, you know that I'm not only a musician, but I'm also a mental health advocate. I use my platform to help spread awareness, love, build community, and simply help people feel less alone in their struggles. In the last couple of years, I've had the chance to interview people from all over the world about a huge variety of mental health topics, and I cannot thank each of you enough for helping us continue to shine a light on the world. Every other week this season, we're bringing you the best interviews we've had. Make sure to like and follow this podcast if you're enjoying it. And if you want to keep up with everything we've got going, follow us on socials at Townsend T Music. Hope you enjoy. What is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of You're Not Alone with Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in to season three. Once again, super excited. So I found this guy. I, I logged on to TikTok. You know how you late night and you're just scrolling through like aimlessly. And I came across his live and he was talking about narcissism. And so I was looking more into his page and he's called The Nameless Narcissist. If you get a chance to look it up, it was so interesting. Like I ended up just staring at his life for over an hour, just being like, I am so intrigued. And I feel like he explained it like word for word. I feel like you could write a book. Literally, I've read books on narcissism and you did it such justice. So I had to have you on and I really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for hopping on with us. First of all, that was the most flattering thing I have heard today. You're so welcome. thank you. I will be riding that high for a little bit. <laughs> If you need, I'll just like compliment you every day. Send you a little something, something. Oh, please do. Just like my daily affirmations. That's it. <laughs> Townsend's affirmations. There you go. Absolutely. Okay. So I always let my guests kind of introduce themselves first. So tell my listeners, you know, whatever you want. What is your name? You go by the nameless narcissist, but feel free to name drop if you want. Where are you located? Okay. Uh, well, I... My Christian name is Jacob Skidmore. Um, I also go by the Nameless Narcissist on most social media. And most of what I do is talking about what it's like to live with narcissistic personality disorder. I feel like for people on the outside, it's a really confusing thing to kind of witness. And so I try to give some insight into what our motivations are and what we're thinking in the moment. And, and, on, and honestly, to humanize us a little bit to allow more narcissists people recognize it in themselves and to be able to get help. Um, and I live in Northeast Ohio smack dab in the middle of the rust belt it sucks here and i hate it <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i've never been to ohio i need to make the trip well maybe not it sounds terrible yeah, actually uh, it's, uh, have you ever been to arkansas i have not actually um, that is where i'm from we are from the south we, that's where that twang comes from noticed it a little bit what's the same thing that sounded rude, that really yeah. rude but. not at all i get so many comments it's it's unreal um somebody one of my last guests said i sounded like sweet tea like that's how they refer i was like all right i'll take it that's as compliment. a really good way no like it's pleasant it's like soothing i like feel, oh, like i get so anxious before podcasts i'm like you're talking i'm like man i'm so relaxed now it's yeah. like wow <laughs> there you go gosh relaxed voice daily affirmations like you came to the right place <laughs> thank god yeah no kidding right it. there you go i love it i love it so yeah so jacob he was hopping on talking about narcissism and one of the things i love that you did was you were just incredibly vulnerable which is so admirable i love that you got on and did it i mean you had people firing questions at you not of not all of them very nice because i think some people have been treated not very kindly by people that they assume are narcissistic and things like that and you were just answering as many as you could so it's really cool just to see you in the moment answering questions totally off the cusp but totally honest and so that was really cool like you said give it's, people like a little piece of what's going on in there 
I mean, it's honestly, well, because it's in less so nowadays, but at least at first, it was very therapeutic for me because being vulnerable to just names on a screen is doable for me. Like, if I look somebody in the eyes in like real life, I like literally, I cannot, I have gone into situations intending to express emotions like after I was diagnosed. And like, I literally can't do it. Like, I, it feels like the shame catches it in my throat and I just can't say it. And so, this is like one of the only ways I can like, really be vulnerable with people in a lot of ways yeah. um like i mean god i don't i cannot the only other unless i'm like super wasted with one of my friends or something <laughs> like the filter's totally gone yeah it's like i'm like having a meltdown yelling about my childhood or something like it's like a, they're like okay yeah mm. we'll catch you tomorrow yeah um, okay, so we hear the term narcissist thrown around all the time. I feel like anytime I get on social media or have a conversation, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he's such a narcissist. And I can't mm-hmm. stand it because, and I think you probably can relate to this. I've done a lot of research. I've done a lot of reading. And that's such a shame that it's thrown around so much because it's not used accurately. And I feel like I feel like people should be a little bit more careful about how they label people because that's a real mental diagnosis and that's a real thing that people suffer with so with that being said how do you actually receive a diagnosis are you enjoying this conversation this project is funded by patrons and sponsors so if you like what you hear and you'd like to help us continue changing lives in 2024 we would love to have you join the family Reach out to us at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com if you'd like to be a sponsor or hop on patreon.com slash townsendtmusic to join the patron family. As a thank you, you're going to receive extra podcast questions and content every episode, discounts, exclusive content, and so much more. So join the family and let's continue changing lives. I, this is something I think about a lot uh, in terms of people using the term narcissist. Is because I feel like it's a tragedy because there's two separate definitions. They're narcissists just describing an arrogant asshole. And then there's narcissistic personality disorder, pathological narcissism. And though on the surface, they may look kind of similar. That internal experience is completely different. And hence why at certain times I've thought that like we should rename narcissistic personality disorder. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. It sounds kind of cool to be called a narcissist. So I don't know if I want to give that up. But uh, so the diagnostic process for NPD, it definitely varies for different uh, therapeutic models. Um, a lot of the times it's literally just going to a therapist's office. They talk to you for a few months and they're like, OK, I'm seeing patterns in your personality that reflect um, this pathology. Um, but there is also personality like you could go get a neuropsych eval and they might test for personality pathology with the um, I think it was called it's like the. Minnesota multi-personality inventory, something like that. I, I don't remember what it is. It's the MMPI2. Okay. Um, so you can get diagnosed through that way. Um, a lot of people can't, not a lot of people for MPD, but a lot of people can get diagnosed through inpatient. Um, me personally, it was just this, <laughs> it's it's such a, it's a story that I find really funny looking back on because yeah. I'm like, wow, that was very indicative of what was going on right there. Um, yeah. I was dating this girl who, at least I, she, I was going to say it was a healthier relationship, but I would, she, it was healthy for me. I'm not yeah. sure about for her. Um, you figured out a lot during this relationship. Yeah. Trust me. Oh my gosh. Um, and like, she also helped me kind of look at my childhood and stuff like that. But I ended up having an emotional affair 
with another woman who I was on and off with forever and me and her like hurt each other a lot. Um, And so I end up leaving the girl that I'm with for this, uh, the girl I'm having an affair with. And I literally go in and I go into therapy because I was worried about that relationship ending again since we were on and off for so many times. So I went to therapy being like, look how healthy I am. Look look how cool I am going to therapy. It's you, not me, because I'm in therapy. Yeah, like, I'm like, (laughs) it was, it didn't work. She broke up with me after the first session. (laughs) But, uh, but like, it made me think. I was like, I left this relationship that was like, for me at least, really good for me. And I was just like, why did I do that? Like, and that's a question that kind of haunted me my entire life. And hence why I think I can articulate my internal experience pretty well. Because I've always been asking myself, why did I do that? Because I literally wouldn't know. I would do something wild and I'd be like, that was really dumb. That didn't help anybody. Um, and so I basically stayed. And because my ex had um, kind of revealed some of my childhood stuff uh, and helped me think about that, I was like, okay, I guess I'll stay in. Um, then after two years, I was diagnosed because I wasn't, I was as honest as I could be, but I was hiding a lot of stuff out of shame or I don't know. It like therapy was weird for me because it always felt like I was trying to lead her to certain conclusions. And when that wouldn't work, I'd get frustrated and like leave and I'd be like, oh, you're stupid for not realizing what I'm trying to actually say and what the conclusion I want you to get to. It was complicated. Wow, how um, confusing. You're like trying to outsmart the therapist in the room. It, it felt like I was just leading around by the nose, trying right. to get her to like look at certain things about me so that I didn't have to say it and be vulnerable. Right, right. I totally get that. So I read something. It's been a long time ago, so it totally could have changed. But there's like a narcissist checklist. And if there's so many over a certain number that you check, then you have narcissism and you kind of go from there. And that's how someone I spoke to in the past, their girlfriend was like, hey, I'm going to leave you or like go get diagnosed. And so he took this online test and it was like, oh gosh, I'm a hundred percent. And so that's kind of how he figured out. But a lot of people say narcissists are known to not go to therapy because of that. They're thinking it's not me, it's you. So the fact Mm -hmm. that you're diagnosed, you talk about it, you went to therapy, that's huge, right? Um, It's pretty rare. I think it's, so it's really interesting because I've, because there's a little bit of research done on this. And it does actually seem that like people that are diagnosed with MPD are actually overrepresented in um, outpatient therapy. The issue is, is that a lot of therapists don't want to tell the client because they're afraid of how they're going to react. Because, I mean, if you have narcissistic personality disorder, you're going to have problems with depression, anxiety, you're going to have interpersonal issues, you have problems at work, like your life is going to be a wreck, right? <laughs> and so a lot of them will go into therapy thinking, like basically telling the therapist, like, fix me. Like when I went to yeah. therapy, I remember she was like, well, why are you here? What do you want to work on? And I was just like, I don't know. I'm just not happy. Like yeah. I couldn't like make give, me like, a happy. Yeah. I was like, do something. Therapy. <laughs> you should know. That's why I'm here. Like, what are we even doing? Um, and that, But then there's also, this is also really interesting. So Deanna Diamond talked about this. So there's like two types of narcissists that enter into therapy. And the one is like the ones that are like very vulnerable when they enter therapy. They're like suffering with depression and stuff. And these people are usually the ones that like have a really hard time accepting that label because it makes them feel like they're a flawed person. Because, I mean, narcissists nowadays, it's just an insult. And so they're like, oh, you're telling me I'm an abusive asshole? Like, thanks, therapist. Right. Um, and then there's the other group who are usually more people that are kind of pushed into therapy by, like, their partners 
or wives who are like having affairs, stuff like that. And they go in and they'll be like, yeah, I'm a narcissist. Like, what about it? I deserve to be one. They'll like wear it as like a badge of honor, yeah. but they won't really, and that, but they won't understand what pathological narcissism really means. Um, so, but it does give the therapist kind of an in where they can be like, okay, well, let's talk about what that means, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I already learned something. We're like two minutes in and I'm already like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. All right, I just learned something new. I love it. Okay. So <laughs> something that something that I'm really interested in. I feel like we talked about this a little bit. Narcissists are known for thinking that they're never wrong. Do you feel mm-hmm. like that's a pretty true statement? See, this is it, this is one of the things that like every now and then there's like a topic that like I feel like I struggle to see it in myself a lot yeah. unless it's like way past. Um, in my experience, how it is. Oops, sorry, you're still with me. My yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so in my experience, it's like I because like I have like a lot of mainly because of my diagnosis, I have a lot of self doubt about when I am right <laughs> and how I'm perceiving things. Usually in the moment, I can't see it. I cannot, I do not feel wrong. I do not understand that I'm wrong. But like a little bit of time can pass and I can reassess the situation and understand that I was wrong. But like, I still don't feel wrong, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, I'll be like, okay, I get why that was a bad thing to do, but I'm still like, but I didn't really do anything bad. Or like, I'll say, well, I didn't mean to do it. Or like, um, or I'll think, oh, well, sure. That was kind of bad, but they're overreacting. Like my brain still kind of rationalizes it, but like I know the socially appropriate thing to do is to be like, all right, sorry, yeah, I'll do it again. And yeah. I do change my behavior. It's just emotionally, I never really feel it. Interesting. Yeah. You you hear about people getting in arguments with narcissists and it's just like they break down and the narcissist is like, I don't understand. Like I didn't do anything wrong. And from an outsider's point of view, it's so obvious. So it's it's interesting to hear you talk about that. And I want to get into that a little bit later about like the empathy thing. I think an important thing for people to realize of why they can't like admit that they're wrong in a moment a lot of the times is that even occurred to me that you're trying to express your feelings as opposed to just trying to shame me. And so that's when you see a lot of that defensiveness comes out and when you have to wait a little bit longer to be able to actually like get them to be like, Okay, I guess. Or I think that, or like when it comes to like, well, I guess that kid ties more to empathy. So we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. So it's just tied into a lot of like, you don't want to be shamed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, Interesting. Yeah. And yeah. everything makes us feel shame to judge. So it's hard. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. A lot of, like I said, a lot of insecurities that just kind of show themselves or head is, a, is something a little bit different. So are people born with this? Is it developed? Is it hereditary? So the research is still, like, it's not 100% conclusive, but based on a lot of clinical experience and some empirical evidence, what it tends to look like is that basically you have a genetic predisposition to being a narcissist, um, or like you got the dark gene, whatever. (laughs) The dark gene. (laughs) And and then um, certain traumas can make that gene actually, or genes express themselves and develop into a personality disorder. Because there is like a neurological aspect of it when it does develop. Like there's like the actually the area of the brain associated with empathy in narcissists has like a less, I think it's um, a lower concentration of gray matter. And this actually is similarly with, so they did a little bit more research with this this is going to get a little bit too technical, so I won't get into it super wet Let's a bunch. It. Give it to but us. But in borderline personality disorder, this would, has actually been substantiated 
in one research paper like pretty well. Hmm. That's super interesting. Like you just lack parts of your brain. It's like they stop developing or something at a certain point. That's so crazy to me. And it's wild. And that can go with a ton of traumas and diagnosis that come from trauma, like something traumatic happens in your life. And what's really crazy, you kind of mentioned, you know, your girlfriend made you think about things from your childhood. I've talked to a lot of people that had traumatic events when they were a child and they don't remember them as an adult until somebody kind of probes them about it. That's wild that your body can do that. Because it's like, well, because, or like you just thought it was like normal in my experience. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, that's like the average experience. Uh, if you ever get the chance, read The Body Keeps the Score, because that's a great book on um, uh, like traumatic events and how it actually impacts the brains and your um, nervous system and everything. Yeah, that is one of my favorite books. I'm glad you said that. Everybody should read that (laughs) book. No, it is so good. Like I'm a, I'm a total nerd. We talked about this earlier, but I love mental health. I love learning people better. So, oh yeah, that was like on my top of the list to read. Okay. Something else that I've always wondered, can it be cured? Like you talked about, you go to therapy or I assume you're still going. Is that something you'll have to do forever? Is there medication for it? Like, what does that look like? So as of right now, it can't be cured per se. Right. Um, symptoms can be managed. And that's why I think going, because personally, right now I'm like between therapists because my therapist, she specialized in trauma and she only treated like five other people. Per, she's never treated somebody with NPD other than me. So I'm like, I need somebody that specializes in it to like help me more. Yeah. Um, she, the, but like basically the, uh, so yeah, so I think it's kind of important for if you do have a personality disorder too, and maybe you can like decrease like the amount that you go over time. But I do think it's important to like have like kind of checkups, you know, like, like it's like, you know, like, <laughs> like, it, like for like a normal medical doctor, like to make sure like everything's fine and everything. Cause, and cause it's always kind of going against your instincts. I'm always thinking like a narcissist, but I'm like, as I said earlier, it's like, well, I know what the appropriate reaction is. So I'm going to try to do that. But like there's situations like, I think my biggest issue is like, let's say I'm drinking, where like, I'm not as cognizant of how my instincts are like impacting the situation. And I'm more confident that my reaction is justified. Um, so it's like, in my opinion, uh, I think that you kind of always have to go to therapy to some degree, because yeah. you can't really you can't completely rewind. Right? Um, and in terms of medication, there's so there's no medication for MPD, but it's like, there is uh, medication to kind of treat some of the symptoms. Like, again, people with MBD, they're going to have mood swings, depression, anxiety. Um, and that that is usually where medication comes into play to kind of handle those aspects and symptoms. Like I was on a, a mood stabilizer for a while to like so that my anger out, outbursts weren't as terrible. Yeah. Um, they kind of, it chills us out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. So it's almost it's almost like you go to therapy to learn how to act like other people do in certain situations how exhausting yeah yeah Yeah. like okay so so putting myself in your shoes I go out and I my filter says do one thing but I realize in therapy I'm supposed to say thank you or whatever I feel like that's so hard that's so exhausting it is I mean well I don't know well because like it's it's a little bit okay so I'm trying to think of a good way to put this so there's this thing that's common at MPD called hiding the self, mm-hmm. where basically you're hiding your true motivations, you know, desires, fears, and stuff in an effort to put out a persona that is going to get approval. So it's not 
that exhausting purely because it's like I've always been doing that to some degree. I it's more of like modifying it now to reflect to like make me and the people around me more happy and to a certain degree allow myself to be vulnerable and try to connect emotionally with people. Gotcha. Okay. That totally makes sense. So you've been doing it your whole life. You just kind of modify it to where it fits in a little bit more with the social stigma and all those things. Okay. More or less. Yeah. I've never felt like a real person, if I'm being <laughs> honest. I have any of us really though. I mean, no, I'm kidding. Okay. So in your life, you discussed that you didn't really know how people felt with things like saying thank you. This was something that you said right. in your live that I was like, that is so intriguing. And so I kind of wanted you to touch on it today, if that's okay. So you mentioned yeah. that you you didn't understand that there was like an emotion when people say thank you. And so you said that you learned to say thank you, but didn't realize like people were actually feeling appreciation and empathy and all these things when we typically say it. So I'd love to hear you explain that a little bit like you did on your live. I think this is very, um, I think this is kind of a cultural thing for me to like, I think the culture had impact my NPD because yeah. like I'm Midwestern, you know, we're, we're usually oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and <laughs> Like I, it's so funny because, and because, and it sounds so ridiculous saying out loud now, because like with things like empathy or gratitude, I thought this was just like, oh, this is the, this is just what we're supposed to do. This is the polite thing to do. It's like, oh, you're, you're showing that you're sad in front of somebody who's like mom died. It's like, you don't actually feel anything. It's just, you know, you're supposed to do that. Um, Same with gratitude. It's like, okay, the polite thing to do is to say thank you. But I didn't ever really, I didn't, again, I don't even know what that would feel like gratitude would really feel like um the only emotion i ever feel is like i mean sometimes i'll get a little awkward i guess because yeah. i'm not exactly sure how to like that's all i really get out of it yeah. um it's yeah and like that kind of applied to a lot of things that i thought that like things that people did that i didn't really understand why they did them because i thought again i thought everybody was like me Right. And so I thought that there was just a societal structure dictating how we were supposed to act that weren't actual reflections of how we were, which is politeness, if that makes any sense. Yeah, we're all like these incredible actors. Basically, I yeah. like, I, I thought like, and that's why I can get like really mad at people when they do certain things, because I'm like thinking you're doing that for the same reason I would be doing. Like, let's say if somebody comes to me and they start like, kind of bragging about something, but they know that I'm proud of it. I'm like, oh, they're not expressing pride. They're like trying to tell me that they're better than me in right. this field and stuff like that. And so that can like make me like upset. Yeah, that's really interesting. Oh my gosh, I love this conversation. It's like so intriguing to me. And I just, like I said earlier, you word it so, so well. You should write a book on it. Like you should do like uh, some type of autobiography, like this is my life. Cause I feel like it's super beneficial because- <laughs> We talked about this earlier. I feel like nowadays with social media, the term gets thrown around anytime somebody like using your term, anytime somebody's a total asshole, they're a narcissist, right? But I want people to realize like y'all don't even feel the same emotions. Like part of the brains are not developed the same. There is literally a reason that these things are happening. So it's really cool to be able to understand that a little better. It's it's really frustrating when like, and I think that's I think that's kind of the my one of my best friends actually said something to me once that I think really highlights the tragedy of like uh, NPD and narcissists getting help and how it's like um, talked about is he told me like he's like Jacob you're you're really good at acting like you're not mentally ill so then when you do show any signs of mental illness people think it's like a choice and they think that they understand what you're doing but they really don't and they don't appreciate that and honestly it 
then he followed up with one of the most um it, it, it's really weird like i felt probably was some of the most understood ever when he said this where he was like jacob i don't understand you but i understand that i don't understand you yeah which i was like that made me feel seen because i know he doesn't understand me <laughs> right right absolutely that i like that i like that a lot okay i imagine that you get a ton of negative feedback Right. And really tough questions. I saw some questions people were asking that I was like, good Lord, like that is harsh. <laughs> so so what does self-care look like for you? Like, how do you make Jacob feel like Jacob? I don't. <laughs> so this kind of highlights one of like the and this is actually why recently I've been questioning if it's even a good idea for me to have a platform in terms of my own mental health. Sure. It's because narcissists are incapable of regulating their own self-esteem is really what it comes down to and sure. so we're basically always looking for attention praise what have you uh, there's actually one study done that showed that that actually um it doesn't prove it definitively but gives heavy evidence to that the idea the parts of the brain associated with uh pleasure and reward were had like a lower amount of connection than with normal controls to the areas that were like associated with positive self-regard so like we literally can't we can't get happy uh chemicals like thinking about ourselves so we need like to compensate um but on the other hand that basically makes us basically everything that we are is relies on somebody telling us that. Okay. um i have one friend who's also diagnosed and she put it in a great way once where she asked me jacob do you have any idea how other people know who they are without uh somebody telling them and i was like no, I don't. Like, I've never gotten that. Yeah. So it's basically, honestly, it's just because it's like, because I'm, it's not good is what I'll say, yeah. honestly. Yeah. It's just like, I, I don't have very good coping mechanisms to be able to right. feel good about myself outside of like these narcissistic functionings. Um, and hence why social media can make me go so up and down all yeah. the time. Um, I will say like the best kind of solutions I found is like, getting self-esteem regulation through altruism and like for example back when i was younger my big thing would be like i acted as like a therapist to people for a while where i basically be like and especially since i wasn't affected by their like strong emotionality i just kind of listened to them and just kind of like be like hmm, okay interesting here's what i think and then they'd praise me for being wise and smart and i'd be like huh, yes cool yes i am smart <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I guess finding healthier ways to regulate my self-esteem, I guess. Yeah. Well, that is tough. And like I said, watching a live on anyone on social media, I'll watch several of them and it doesn't matter what you're doing. It literally does not matter if you're saving the world. There are going to be trolls on there that say terrible things. Yeah. And even doing my thing, you're always going to have negative feedback and it affects you. I mean, it, it's hard. You want to say it's easy to ignore, but that's just not human. Like we pay attention to that stuff. So I don't know how you do it because they're going to be trolls that are mad at somebody else that may have narcissism and they take it out on you. Like, it's just, it's bizarre. It really I, is. I've been, I've been kicked off of so many lives because somebody <laughs> would say something insulting and I'll just like blow up on them and I'll be like, ah, crap. <laughs> Not a I mean, thing. I can't even blame you though. I can't blame you. It, I okay. will say it did like teach, like, I still take it fucking personally all the time, but it's yeah. much easier for me now to be like, okay, I understand they probably have their like, baggage with somebody that they're associating with me and projecting on the me. I 
even if it still gets me, like I can understand a little bit better now, and I'm way less likely to lash out. But like at, when I first started this shit, damn, like who is a dick? <laughs> like oh my god, like I'm out. This is stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. On a better note, let's turn it around. What are some positives to having the diagnosis? Like what's something good that comes out of it? Obviously, the diagnosis or the or like the disorder. Either way. Because I feel like the positives of the diagnosis are like, you know, you know what you have and you can find better ways to cope and treat it, obviously. Um, positive with the diet uh disorder, like it's sometimes hard because I'm not really sure what parts of me to attribute to the disorder and which to attribute to just who I am as a person. Um, Like, for example, you know, charisma is generally associated with uh, MPD. I'm not, and like, I find myself pretty charismatic, if you don't mind me saying. (laughs) But yeah, so maybe that's a benefit of it. Um, I would say when I'm in like a more grandiose state, um, like my, I can be very, uh, confident when it comes to going outside my comfort zone. Like, let's say, like, let's take my social media, for example. I have been able to talk to, I've, like, reached out to, like, a lot of, like, very popular people kind of being, like, yo, I'm Jacob. This is what I do. Let's, like, get to know each other or whatever. Um, and that's led to some, like, really cool experiences. Um, I would say that my, and other people may disagree with this, and I'm on the fence about it, but I would say my lack of emotional empathy Um can be a very positive trait a lot of the times. Um, I do question whether or not emotional empathy is necessary to connect to people. And if that's the case, then I don't think it's a good thing. <laughs> but right. The parts of it that I, the, how I use that and how other things don't impact me as much can definitely be positive. Yeah. Um, I would say that like, and the uh, I would say, ooh, I would say like one thing that I think is like, kind of great not great like and it's less so nowadays but like especially back in the day it's like i could have like a full on meltdown about something and then like the next minute i'm just like fine and i'm then i get and i get confused like everyone's all shaken up and i'm like what i'm cool now like we're all good why why is everybody so upset (laughs) yeah yeah interesting yeah you can kind of like yeah i'm good now it's all good there was some okay so I know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the narcissists that I have met, they, they've been diagnosed something that I have found and we've not discussed it. This is just a personal observation. So from your point of view, something that they struggle with, you were talking about listening to your friends and providing feedback because it doesn't impact you. Something that I have found is if we're not talking about them, they're off, you know, like they have to talk about them. Is that just the people I've come in contact with or is that a thing it's some i won't lie it's something i do struggle with but it's one of the things that like i recognize are it's like like i can get carried away very easily sure but like like let me put it this way when somebody's talking to me i'm not thinking about what they're saying uh per se i'm more thinking about what how i'm going to reply to it like it's not like i'm obviously processing it to some degree but it's just not even um there's not much importance to it yeah. But yeah, I know I'm supposed to do it. So I try to do it the best that I can. Um, I would say that nowadays I struggle with it a lot less, um, especially if it's like a topic that like I do find interesting or something. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The ones I've talked to, if it's not, if it's about someone that's just talking about their day or whatever, they will literally like just oh, I can't walk that. off. <laughs> I can't do, I can't do small talk. No, I, oh my, this is hilarious. I talked to my therapist about this. Because I got like really annoyed at my girlfriend at the time being like, because 
when I were, I used to work at a prison and when I was like driving home, I would call her and we'd have a conversation and she would always talk about her day, like at work. And like, I knew what I was supposed to, I was like, uh, okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> I remember like getting, not mad, but I got like kind of like passionate at my therapist being like, why do people do that? Like, why, like, why do you guys care? And I remember <laughs> her just being sitting there being like, I don't know. I guess I've just been doing it for so long. It just that's feels so normal. Boring. And I was like, that's stupid. It's boring. It's so boring. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a, you're not wrong though. Why do we do that? I don't know. I bet people are listening to this and be like, oh my gosh, she makes really good points. Maybe I am. <laughs> okay. okay. Where do you feel like you found the most support or the most uh, research about this diagnosis, this disorder? Because you were talking about uh, when you were a kid, you always felt different, but you didn't know what the deal was. You always knew that something was off. And then you realized one day like, oh, wow, you're supposed to feel these things and react this way. So where did you find support for that? Um. Well... Before I was diagnosed, like nowhere, I kind of right. like, I, I just kind of like, because before I started like getting involved and got my diagnosis and got even after for a while for, for at least a year after I was diagnosed, I just kind of had this thought my entire life of, I'm just different and I'm never going to meet somebody like me, which is kind of like my mindset. I just did it. It would like, as I've never met a dad, I've met one person that. I think one person in real life that I suspect, uh, well, that he suspected that he had NPD. Right. Oh, that's the only guy. Um, and so I was just kind of like, mm, never will happen, whatever. Um, after, but eventually, once I got, you know, into talking on the internet about it, I found like a support group for people with NPD. Um, my friend Tess, she goes by Spirit Narc on social media. Um, she uh, was like, a godsend for me because it was like I like I'll never forget meeting her because she ran some social media and stuff um and like I had just started mine and I found her I kind of re well I'm pretty no I followed her before I even started my stuff and eventually I saw that she started a YouTube channel and I was like oh I have a YouTube channel I'm gonna go like say hi basically yeah um and we ended up like talking and uh just like about our experiences and, like, I'll never forget, like, the moment that I realized, like, this is what I needed my entire life. is because I remember her talking, being like, oh, don't you ever feel like there's just people who are better than people in the world and there's people who are lesser? And the whole world just wants to ignore that. And I was like, ah, somebody finally said the truth. The truth. Yeah. Okay. That brings up another thing. I, I know I keep referring to it. It's just so good. Something you said in your video that I was watching was somebody asked do you really think everybody is lesser than you or like not even human? And something you said that really was like, you worded that so well was, I think you used, you like used Jeff, it was like Jeff Bezos or Elon yes, Musk. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Elon Musk. And you were like, I know he's better than me kind of, but my mind tells me if I had the opportunities he had, I would be just as well off as him. And I think that was a perfect way to word it or better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I, cause I think that's a, because I think it is a common misconception, like, oh, narcissists are better than everybody. It's like, it's more of like, I view the world like very, in a very rigid hierarchy where I think like everybody, like people were like, oh, everyone has the same amount of worth. There's better in different things. I was like, okay, but those things have different amounts of worth and you can kind of rank them that way. Um, and so there are people that I do view as like above me, but well, like, okay. So let's say I go into a party, right? And like there's a and like people are socializing and there's like one guy in there I'm, and like i'm immediately ranking and like that person looks you know 
smart or attractive. That person looks charismatic. That person has like the most social connections. Like I'm like trying to basically figure out who the person is I want to align myself with. Um, Because if I like admire them and they're around me, then that means that like, oh, like I'm better because I'm associated with this person that's higher up in the hierarchy. Um, It's like, I'm always basically always looking for proof that I'm higher up in the hierarchy. Yeah. Um, But I will, I'll view them as above me and admirable but there'll be always be like something in the back of my head where it's like, oh, this person's super charismatic, but like I'm smarter than them. Yeah. And like I'll start focusing on those things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and like similarly with the Elon Musk stuff, it's like, oh yeah, like you, it's like if I had the same opportunities, I could do even better than he could. Like he's just lucky that he had he had what he had. Um, and as for like doing not doing people as people, it's like kind of <laughs> like if I'm being a hundred percent yeah like I mean I barely even view myself as a person right um I feel almost like I don't know I feel like a shell yeah um but like if you're like a certain amount below me on the hierarchy and like you're not I'm not like including you in my superiority I can like dehumanize people like real yeah. quick right. and if let's say there's somebody that I am including in my grandiosity I'm like yeah we're the best people if I get mad at them like they can in my mind, drop to the bottom, like, very, actually, it's more of a gradual thing, but it can happen. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what's one thing you wish people would take away from this conversation? Like, thinking about narcissists, like we said earlier, we'll retouch on, it's just overused, and it's not used correctly. So what's something people would, you wish they'd take away? So I'm going, it's, I'm, earlier I mentioned my sister borderline personality disorder and I think like what well, it took me a long time to under because like me and my sister we were like at each other's throats and like well yeah. you know siblings always are but like when both of them have a cluster b disorder it's a little intense yeah um but like for me it like took me a long time not to view my sister as just like inhuman or a monster or like just somebody that wanted to hurt people um I think it's I think the best way to kind of be able to kind of heal from that hurt is that understanding that it was not okay for them to hurt you you're still allowed to feel like traumatized in a lot of instances due to that but to also recognize that they're just a sick person who and remember that oh yeah they're like they're struggling from day to day they don't really know what they're doing most of the time um i think that's like a way healthier way to kind of go about healing from those situations them being like, oh, they're just evil monsters who want to use you and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I had a something I struggled with and why I wanted to do more research is I saw people always talk about, oh, they're so manipulative. It just, I found it really difficult to think that every narcissistic person planned every step to ruin yeah. everybody's life. And I'm like, that can't be true. I would say that we can be very intentional, but like it's very impulsive as well and reactive, if that yeah. makes sense. Absolutely, like, 100%. Like if somebody hurts me, I may well, I may know that like how I react is going to hurt them, and that may be intentional. But it's like it's not like I'm like oh oh my god, look, there's an empath over there. I'm going to go like suck dry. Basically, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. I know like that's like if we're not evil mustache twirling villains. We're just very <laughs> we be calculated, but like not very like I don't know. We're not like I don't know. People view nar- it's so funny because people view narcissists as like these manipulative masterminds i'm like we're like too impulsive we're not that smart (laughs) the crazy part is the ones i've met are incredibly smart so i do think y'all get a lot of credit and that's what i'm saying like 
people think it's calculated out every move. They're thinking years ahead. And I just don't think that's true. I think you worded it well. It's just impulsiveness and not knowing how to react in that exact moment. Yeah. Cool. Jacob, thank you so, so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure. Again, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Honestly, it's so interesting to me. I think you word it perfectly. I know you're crazy busy, so thank you so much. All right, listeners, thank you for tuning in. You know how this goes. Jacob and I are going to continue talking, and you can find these questions on my Patreon at patreon.com slash Music. That is what keeps this project going. That's how we keep the You're Not Alone project floating and continuing this podcast. So hop in there, listen to the rest of our conversation. I'm excited to get into it. If not, we will catch you next week. If you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, visit patreon.com slash Music. And don't forget, you can also watch the interviews on our YouTube channel at Townsend Team Music YouTube. Selena with Impact Coaching and Consulting is a certified life coach who helps women find harmony with their faith, family, and career. She offers a virtual goals workshop, mastermind group, and a one-on-one private coaching where she helps you identify your deepest purpose, develop a roadmap to reach tangible goals, and encourage you to overcome any obstacles along the way. Selena's worked with hundreds of business professionals throughout the United States, including small business owners, direct sales associates, chiropractors, financial advisors, real estate agents, doctors, professors, teachers, and many more. You can follow her at coach underscore Selena on Instagram and Impact Life Coaching on Facebook. You'll love the encouragement and the practical tips for finding harmony in your unique life. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. And they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction. It's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co Realty.